0: Philippians, please, in the chapter 4, we're turning to the verse 8. We'll read these two verses, of course, we're returning to our series, The Pursuit of Joy, and I want to speak to you today under the title, uh, Time for Serious Thinking. Time for Serious uh, Thinking. This is the word of the Lord, and we read, Finally, brethren, uh, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue. If there be any praise. Think on these things. Those things. Which ye have both learned. And received. And heard. And seen in me. Do. And the God of peace shall be with you. We trust the Lord will bless the reading of his word to each of our hearts. Look at verse 8 again. Paul says, finally. Finally. This indicates that Paul has arrived at the climax of his letter to the Philippians, the climax to his teaching, and he says, finally. He's coming to his closing thoughts here. And he says this, finally, the end of verse 8. I want you to think in these things. That's the key phrase in these two verses that we come to this afternoon, and he says, "Finally, and then that last little part, think on these things." Paul says, "It's time for some serious thinking." The word used here in the Greek it means to dwell on, to dwell on these things. This word for thinking, you do you need to dwell on these things. You really need to ponder these things, and this is a command. The the Greek word, the form in which it's used, it's a command. It's not a recommendation from Paul that these are things that maybe you should think of from time to time. He commands them, he says these things, whatsoever things are honest and just and pure and lovely and of good report. These are the things that you ought to be thinking about. And Paul, he comes and he calls for the habitual discipline of the mind, to set all our thoughts on spiritual things. One of the greatest conflicts taking place in the world today is the battle for the control of our mind. The mind is the control center of all of our beings, and it also controls the directions in which our lives will go. And Paul tells us in this first verse, in verse 8, Paul tells us what Christians should be thinking about. He tells us what Christians should be thinking about. What goes on in the mind determines what we are and what we'll become. The Bible leaves us in absolutely no doubt that people's lives are a product of their thoughts. The truth of the matter is, what we put into our minds through what we watch through what we read, through what we expose ourselves to, will surely come out in how we live. Our minds are a bit like computers. Our computers' output will be dependent on the information that is put into it, and so our actions are a direct result of our thinking. And the Bible leaves us in no doubt about this. There's so many verses I could quote. I'll just give you a few. Solomon wrote this. For as he thinketh in his heart, so he is. As he thinketh in his heart, so he is. That's Proverbs 23, 7. The Lord Jesus expressed in Mark 7, 20. That which cometh out of the man, that defileth the man. For from within our thoughts... Out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. And the Lord then affirms that all these evil things come from within and defile the man. This is the battle of the mind. It's time for serious thinking. Can you understand now as these verses, and we could quote so many more, that our minds are battlegrounds. Did you know that the ads that you see in television, they're designed by a specialist in mind control. Things that will cause you to want that product. Things that will cause you to desire what is in that advertisement. It's done by someone who's thinking about and who has been trained in how to get control of the mind. And if they control our attitude toward a product that they're trying to sell, the chances are that ultimately they'll get our money. Did you know that Satan tries to control the mind of the child of God? He does it through the media. He does it through false doctrine and through repetition and through music and through peer pressure. Wonder, are you you surprised how quickly your mind darts from one thing to another? I wonder if you ever had the experience of sitting down to read God's word. As you begin to read, suddenly your mind is miles away. Or maybe you're bowing in prayer and as you prayed you became occupied with other things. I wonder if that happened to you. Satan has succeeded in diverting your mind away from the things of God. How can we win this battle of the mind? Well, God has provided us with a mind screen, a measuring rod or a testing device to examine and filter our thoughts. We find within these couple of verses that we've read together, Paul's call for serious Bible thinking. In our culture, the importance of serious thinking about biblical truth has been downplayed massively. You see, in our modern day culture, we're concerned about feeling, and we're concerned about success. We're not concerned about thinking. The words that people ask before they do things, it's its not, is it true? They don't ask the question, is it right? They ask the questions, does it work for me and does it make me feel good? And that's how people decide how they're going to do or what they're going to do. And, that's, and they don't know what is right. People no longer want to think about what is right. They don't really care if something's right. It's just as long as it makes them feel good. And that's why we now live in a society where everyone does whatever suits them, and it's a tragic thing to face. But it's the fact of where society has come to today. The mind is depreciated in our culture because we're we're just a feeling kind of culture. And the the scary thing is this attitude is starting to enter into the Christian when it comes to biblical truths. If the truth suits me, I'll obey it. But if it doesn't suit me, well, that's too legalistic. That's the term you hear thrown about. That's not what it means. And even in theology, some preachers are scared to preach particular topics because they're scared of dividing and offending the very people of God. It terrifies me. Where are the Bereans in these days? Those who were noble, why were they noble? Because they searched scriptures not to see if things felt good were to see if things worked, and not to see if things would not offend, but they searched the scriptures to see if what Paul was teaching them was true. We need to get back to the days of the Bereans. We're going to race through this list in verse 8 and consider the things that Paul encourages us to think about and take back control of our minds. Paul says, Whatsoever things are true, the problem that we have faced in our day and in our society is something that people call relative truth. And I'm no philosopher, this is borrowed knowledge. Really the great problem with the world's definition of truth in these days is you live out your own truth. You live out your own ide- ideologies. Uh, and you live out what seems right to you. No such thing. I, there's no such thing found in scripture. Whatsoever things are true, Paul says, what he means is absolute truth. Things that have never changed. Things that are found within God's word that will never change. For God's word is the only place where we'll find unchanging and absolute truth. And it stood the test of time. And if you want to know what's true, where do you need to go? You go to the word of God. Thy word is truth you could think of many other portions Psalm 19 9, Psalm 119 151 and we could go on and we could list all these verses that speaks of God's word being absolute truth and the truth is found in Christ Ephesians 4:21 tells us that the truth is in God So if you want to know the truth, if you want to be living an absolute truth, and if you want to take control of your mind again and not let these relative truths live your own truth out, if you want to know truly what is true, you need to come to God's word. You need to depend on him and live it out. Not asking the question, does it make me feel good? But asking the question, does it honour God? You know, it's time to get back focused on scriptural things. So if I'm going to think on whatever things are true, I must go to God's word. Let me ask the young person in our meeting today or who listens in, are you reading God's word to discover the truth found within? Dear brother, today in the meeting, when was the last time you picked God's word up and studied it? Dear sister, when was the last time you truly held to the truth of the words that you read within? Paul says if we're going to do some serious thinking, the first thing we've got to do is hold to God's truth. He says whatsoever things are true. an absolute truth is found in the book that's found in your very lap. But he goes on, whatsoever things are honest. You know, some versions use the word noble here. Really it can be translated as those things that are worthy of our respect whatever is noble, whatever is dignified, whatever is reverent, whatever is lofty not 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 things that are rubbish or mundane or common, this is talking about lofty things and the word really comes from a term that means to worship whatever whatever is worthy of all whatever is held in high regard, whatever is worthy of us buying down and worshipping that's what this word honest is talking about and it actually can also be tied together with the third one, which is whatsoever things are just, and the word for just here is righteous, so whatever things are, are worthy of our praise, and whatever things are, are are righteous, whatever things are in perfect harmony with the eternal, unchanging, divine standard of a holy God revealed within scripture, think in those things, says Paul, it's time to get back to serious thinking. I'm going to think on the things that are true. I'm going to think on the things that are worthy of worship. I'm going to think about things that are absolutely consistent and righteous. Consistent with the holiness of God. Things that are just. I'm going to think about the Lord which will cause me to want to come and worship and adore him with my whole heart. Because that is the natural response of the soul who is truly in love with the Lord. I'm going to be still as the psalmist said and know that he is God as the world bombards me with all the things that it wants me to think all the things that it wants to take over my mind with I'm going to take a step back and as the psalmist says I'm going to be still and know that he is God for in that psalm you see the storms raging and you see everything going on isn't that not a perfect picture of the way this world is today? It's rushing on and it's taking control of minds and there's no time to actually stop and think about what actually is truth. You see, when you're still and you consider God, you you discover that he's Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. You, You discover that he's Elohim, God, creator, judge you discover that he's El Elyon, the Most High God, Adonai, Lord Master, El Shaddai, Lord God Almighty, El Lamb, the Everlasting God, the God of Eternity, the God of this universe, the Ancient of Days. You'll discover that he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord my Provider. You'll discover that he's the Shiloh, the Peacemaker. You'll discover that he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. You'll discover that he's Jehovah Nissi, the Lord my Banner, Jehovah Machadesh, the Lord who sanctifies you, the Lord who makes you holy, you'll discover he is the Lord of hosts and the Lord of powers, the Prince of Peace our rock which we sang about our place of refuge which we sang about, our saviour, our closest friend, our comfort when we're broken hearted, our redeemer our gracious God the one who is self existent the one who brought all things into existence through him we'll discover his sovereignty we'll discover that he is king and we'll discover that indeed he is who he said he is and we will, when we're still, we will know that he is God. We're in great need of serious thinking. And getting back to thinking on those things which are true, which are honest, which are just. But then Paul keeps on going and he says, whatsoever things are pure and lovely. Pure. The Greek word means morally clean and undefiled. The spot of sin gone. Whatever is morally pure and morally clean. I'll think in that, Paul says, and so should you. Not the other nonsense of the day. If we're to take time to watch, uh, to have a look at your watch history, what would we discover? Is your watch list pure? Young person, what are you watching on social media? On Instagram, on TikTok, on Facebook? Is it pure? Is it love-like? Is it rubbish and nonsense of the day that pushes you away from God whatsoever things are pure Paul says what about your watch history on Amazon Prime and Disney Plus and all these things that you're streaming on today if we were to take time to have a look at those things would we discover that you're watching things that are pure or things that push you further away from the Lord Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. You know what the idea of this word lovely, it's to do with concentrating on things that promote brotherly love. The love between one another. Things that don't divide. uh, Things that don't make us think ill of one another. And what Paul is dealing with, as he has dealt with right throughout the book of Philippians, he's dealing with the antidote to friction and disharmony. He says, indeed, he says we're to think on things that are lovely and be promoting brotherly love, one with the other. Taking away friction. You know, friction, it's easy to produce. But we're not to be pursuing friction. Instead, we're to be aiming to do things that please God in the realm of grace and peace and blessing and harmony. It's a very important word, that word, lovely, isn't it? And then he goes on and he says, whatever things are of good, report. Which means things that are well thought of. Things that are highly regarded. That's where I will put my thoughts, says Paul. You know where that keeps me? That really, it confines me, doesn't it? When we think on these things. Verse 8 is so important in scripture. It's a verse that we ought to stamp into our minds. Because it confines me to scriptural things. If I look at the world, am I going to find the truth? If I look around the world, am I going to find what is honourable and right and pure and lovely and of good report? When I turn on the television, what am I going to see? When I read that book or magazine, what am I going to see? When I have that conversation with friends, what's the experience like? Does it ever lead to Christ? Do you ever point it to Christ? The point is, you've got to protect Your mind. And today, the Christian has let their guard down. So many people in my own generation have let their guard down and have opened their minds to the nonsense of the day, and it's leading to a weakening church in our province. It's time to move our minds to loftier things, and it's time to put up the protections that Scripture encourages us to put up again. Because whatever you open your mind to, it will surely reflect on how you live. Then Paul says this at the end of verse 8. He says, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Paul says, is it virtuous what you're thinking about? The word seems to refer to things that have eternal value. And then he says, is it praiseworthy? Is it something God would want me thinking about? Does it please God? Would it bring praise to God? If God was in the room right now, which he is when you're doing these things. If God was in the room right now, would he be pleased with what I'm watching? When you place God's measuring rod against your internal life and your mind, how do you fare? Are these things that you're thinking on, pure. I wonder, do you give attention to the hygiene of your mind? Think on these things, says Paul. Where will such thoughts lead us? Will they lead us to Christ. For in him we find all the pure truth That we need and it will draw us closer to him when we're dwelling on these things that are true, honest, just, pure and lovely and of good report. That's what the Christian should be thinking about. Your mind is your greatest treasure, dear brother, dear sister. It's, It's a gift that God has given you. But I wonder how do you use it? How do you use it? what the Christians should be thinking about. Then in verse 9, we find what Christians should be doing. Because have a look here, it says, Those things which ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me. Isn't that great to be able to say, by the way? Paul's able to say, those things which you have seen me doing. Isn't that a lovely thing to be able to say? He says, those things which ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, Do and the God of peace shall be with you. Verse 8 tells us how to think right, verse 9 tells us how to do right. Really they are like the horse and cart, when you start thinking right you will start doing right because almost everything in life depends on your thoughts and just as the whole forest lies in the embryo of a wee acorn so a good and holy life lies in your thoughts. What did the wise man in Proverbs say? Keep thy heart with all diligent, for out of it are the issues of life. It comes from your thoughts, your imaginations. He also said, and we've quoted this already, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So to have the God of peace with you, which is what verse 9 tells us, it says, And the God of peace shall be with you. To have the God of peace with you. Paul says you must do two things. You must think right. And then that will lead to that you're doing right. These things, verse 8, changes to those things in verse 9. These things you're to think about. And if you're thinking about those things, which are in verse 8, it will naturally lead you to do those things. You're to think on these things in verse 8. And then you have to do those things in verse 9. It's thought leading to the output and what we do. But remember, these things are not given for us to admire only, but for us to emulate them, to do them. We're not we're, we're to behold them and learn them and then live them out. We're to think like Christ and then live like Christ. That's the idea. David Jeremiah tells the story that there were in the pioneer days of aviation, a pilot was making a flight around the world. And after he was just two hours out out from his last landing strip, he he heard a noise noise in his plane, which he recognised as the gnawing away of a a rat. And he realised that while his plane had been on the ground, that a rat had gotten in. And for all he knew, the rat could be gnawing away at a critical cable or a vital cable that would control the plane, and it could, it was a serious situation. And at first, he didn't know what to do, the pilot. It was just two, it was two hours back to the landing field that he'd taken off from, and it was two hours ahead to the next one. So really, he had no choice but to keep going. Then he remembered that a rat is a rodent, and it's not made for heights. It's made to live on the ground, and it's made to live under the ground. And therefore the pilot began to climb. He went up a thousand feet, then another thousand, and then another, until he was flying at twenty thousand feet. And the gnawing ceased, and the rat died. The rat couldn't survive in the atmosphere of those heights. More than two hours later, the pilot brought the plane safely to land and found the dead rat. Sinful thoughts are like the rodent. Sin cannot live in the sacred place of the Most High. It cannot breathe in the atmosphere made through prayer and familiarity with Scripture and living Scripture. And therefore today, I challenge you as I challenge my own soul from God's Word is it time for you to do some serious thinking? To lift your mind to things that are higher and to take your mind off the gutter and the rodent of sin that you have allowed to enter in, in many different outlets in this world. Paul says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, those things which ye have both learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me, do. And the God of peace will be with you. We trust that the Lord will bless his word to each of our hearts this afternoon. We're going to sing together. I think it's an extremely appropriate response to God's word to our hearts today. May the mind of Christ my Savior live in me from day to day. By his love and power controlling all I do. And say, you know, this hymn, I have sang it many times over the years, but I think it's a much harder hymn to live out. Oh, that if we were to try and put it into practice, even this afternoon, in the quiet moments, that we would bow on our knees and hand our lives and our minds back to the Lord.